You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast, a podcast for people who want to learn more about their personal finances and get the most from their money. This series is hosted by Kate Campbell from How To Money and Owen Raskovich from Rask Finance. The Australian Finance Podcast is provided for educational purposes only. The information is general in nature and does not take into account your needs, goals or objectives. What that means is the information does not apply to you specifically. So consider getting the advice of a licensed and trusted professional before acting on the information. Kate, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Welcome back, Owen, and we're back to 2020, so brand new year. That's it. We are indeed. And it might sound a bit unusual for our listeners because we're doing this via remote call. Yeah, and we have spent all of last year recording in person together, so it's a new experience for the two of us. That's it. It just happens to be raining very heavily this evening so getting from point a to point b is quite difficult but uh yeah we hope that uh this first episode of the new year is going to be special and what are we talking about today Kay? absolutely so today we wanted to talk about five things you must do in 2020 so if you only take five things away these are the five things don't have to worry about every other thing any media tells you just do five things and you'll make serious financial progress this year that's it so we've recorded what 50 episodes and we've got potentially tens of thousands of listeners to these podcasts and we know from certain studies that perhaps not everyone follows the the knowledge that they learn or that put it to use so um, we are hoping that some of the knowledge you acquire can be distilled down into these five really important steps that you can take today and the first one off our list is a very simple one and it's kind of boring but it's probably the most important, it is to pay down debt. Yeah. So even if it's a really small debt like an afterpay loan or it's actually a big credit card debt that's sort of been hanging over you for the last few years, now is the perfect time to get started on slowly chipping away at that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we've talked about uh, time and again are the different strategies that you can use to pay down debt. And my favorite is the snowball, and it's a very popular technique. 
And it effectively just requires you to identify the credit card, the afterpay or the debt that you have. Might be Maybe it's a debt to a, a family member. You identify the one that is charging the most interest, but is also the lowest in value. So for example, if you had a loan or a credit card that was $2,000 and it was charging you 20% interest, you'd pay that one down before you pay down the one that's $10,000 and charging you 10% interest. And this way you get that really good feel-good um, effect after you knock one over and then you can move on to the bigger one after you've done that and you've closed the account, you've cut up your card, etc. And then you can move on to the bigger one after that if you have to go around again. So it's called the snowball effect and, it, and we talked about it in our debt episode way back in the beginning. Yeah, and I guess the other method, um, the common one is just pay down the debt with the highest interest rate first. So if you're paying down anything with the highest interest rate first, uh, you may have a smaller debt that you'd leave for a longer amount of time because you're just attacking the most expensive one first. So you don't get the same feeling of paying things off as you go, but it might be more efficient and more smarter financially. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that, another thing, which is kind of a simple step, is to consolidate debts. And uh, again, we've covered this in the debt episode, so I won't go back over it in too much depth here. But effectively, you just put some debts together uh, in the hope of paying fewer fees or a lower interest rate. And uh, there are many free services out there, but the financial counselors that are free and available through ASIC, you, you can go to the Money Smart website and you can find out how to get in touch with one of those. They can have some. Um, great advice for you in this situation. But I kind of just want to bring it home and say, you know, Owen, Kate, you, you guys say that we got to pay down this debt. Uh, but, I, you know, is it really worth it? Is this what I should be focusing on? These are the questions that maybe some of our listeners are asking. And I want to just put it to you this way. I want you to imagine that you have a credit card. Let's say it's got $4,000 on it. Um, and you could make minimum payments. So you could make, uh, I don't know, say $80 $82 per month on a $4,000 balance, that would be the, the minimum repayment. If you paid $82 per month, the minimum repayment of a $4,000 debt, um, it can take over 40 years to pay it back. But if you pay an extra $100 off on that same $4,000 debt, you could be done in less than two and a half years and you would save more than $10,000 in interest. So, you know, it's you don't need to make a massive commitment to, to knocking this debt over sooner you just need to just give it a shot and just start with little bits, just chip away at it over time. Um, there's obviously other ways you can pay it back sooner by selling things online, etc. But that's just the general idea. Mm, and it's just really important to have a plan. So don't don't hide the statements under the rug. Make sure you know exactly what you need to pay and create a plan and sort of attack of how you're going to budget to pay down this debt. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Well, that's number one. So number one's paying down debt. Kate, what's number two? So number two, and this is pretty important to me is sort out your super. So if you've never looked at your superannuation account before, and if you've ever worked full or part-time in the workforce, you probably have some superannuation hanging around somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually if you have, if you don't know if you have any, or you think you have some, but have no idea where it is, you can head to the ATO website, put in your tax file number, and it actually brings up all of the superannuation accounts across Australia that you might have uh, picked up along the way early in, in your early on in your career. So you can actually um, choose to consolidate those super funds. So have a look around, pick the, the best superannuation option for you, depending on what your risk profile and your time frame is, and also make sure you're not paying uh, extreme amounts in fees and for fees for things you're not using as mm. well. 
Yeah. So one way you can consolidate super funds is to pick the super fund that you're going with. And during that onboarding process, when you sign up, they will often ask you, would you like us to consolidate your super for you? Another way to do it is to go to the MyGov website. And this is the, we've mentioned this website quite a few times. It's like the centralized website for all finance related things associated with the government. So you have the ATO, you have your hex debt and all your study stuff. You have uh, your super things, Medicare. For older people, you might have um, like your pension and, and even DHS stuff. It can all be found on the MyGov website. And that's a really convenient way to just bring it all together because you effectively can just go in there and just say consolidate and it will do it for you. So that's a really good way to do it. Um, obviously, that we've covered how to pick a super fund, um, the types of insurance that you can have inside super and how to think about that, what before you change, and, and, and also how you can get advice. Um, so again, it's really simple to do. It's free to do. Um, you just really need to just get out there, make it your goal for this week or today even after you hear this podcast, just give it a shot. Yeah, and I think a lot of us don't think about it because it's so far in the future, but we need to remember that the superannuation is our money. It's part of our paycheck that our employer's just been instructed to put aside for us. So you need to take care of it. Treat it like any other dollar you're getting in your bank account from your work because it is your money. It's just for savings uh, for your retirement. So make sure you look after it. Uh, keep an eye on it. Make sure your employer's actually paying it. So I'd check at least quarterly. Um, because there has been some news stories recently of employers not paying super or underplaying super. So definitely keep an eye on it just because it's on your um, your PAYG statement or your um, when you get your statement. Your group certificate. Yeah, your group certificate or the, um, the statement you get each fortnight or month with your salary on it. It uh, doesn't mean it actually went in. So definitely have a look. Um, and if it's not there, definitely talk to your employer because sometimes they might make a mistake. They're using automated payroll systems or it might be manual data entry. So you've got to keep on top of it. Yeah. So if you do discover that something has gone wrong, uh, the, probably the best place to go is to your employer. If you have a HR team, if you're in that type of organization or speak to your manager about it, it could just be an issue, like an administrative issue. If it's persistent so you think you've made the changes but um, perhaps you know it still isn't showing up in your super account when you log in or through mygov every three months then you probably need to have a hard conversation with your employer or file a complaint with the ato uh, and that's probably a signal too for you maybe that it's time to leave the employer because if they can't pay your insurance it mean uh, not your insurance rather your super it means they're not doing what's legally required so they might be the business itself might be in trouble or simply might not value your time and, and effort. So maybe it's time to look elsewhere. Finally, I just want to leave listeners with something here, just an example. And, and I don't mean to make this, you know, a quote unquote young person's podcast, but this is just an example from the Productivity Commission about the differences between having a good super fund and one that performs well and one that maybe charges you more fees and doesn't perform so well. And I'll quote the Productivity Commission report here that says, over a 21-year-old's lifetime, the Productivity Commission found that difference between a top performing super fund and a poorly performing super fund could be equivalent to 13 years of lost pay or $635,000 less. So that's the end of the quote. And that's huge. 13 mm -hmm. years. Don't think about it in dollars. Just think about it in 13 years of extra working on the end of your yeah. life. You know, that's yeah, massive. It's 9.5% like minimum of your paycheck going away. You want to make sure you're on top of it. 
That's it. Yeah. So, and this is the thing again, like the action statement with debt, really, it only takes maybe a few minutes, maybe half an hour after you listen to this episode to sit down, compare some superannuation funds with websites online, um, compare your super fund, just look at the fees you're paying in your account with one that you can see online or one that you've heard recommended. Just take a look at it and, and go from there. It's really like, if you think about it, 13 years of you know less work, and if you can get it done in an hour, that's probably the best paycheck you'll ever get. Okay, so <laughs> the next one, Kate, number three, what do you have for us? So number three is make one investment this year. So some ideas I had is saving $1,000 in 30 days. So to kickstart the year, uh, you might not have $1,000 to invest right now. So how are you going to create $1,000? And that could be for any combination of selling some things, uh, making some side income through uh, either creating your own side hustle or just picking up some shifts on Uber or any of those delivery sites. There's so many apps now, even pet sitting house sitting, all sorts of things that you can make a little bit of money on the side um, apart from your day job. So anything you can to kickstart your year, get the first $1,000 and you can make your first investment. Um, So you might invest in one ETF this year, choose a share or both. Um, And another idea is make an investment in yourself this year where it might be doing a short course or going to a conference that's going to upskill you for your job um, and possibly increase your earnings in the future. Mm-hmm. Great. And could you, instead of just making an extra $1,000, could you save $1,000 potentially? Yeah. Well, if you can cut some extra fat from your budget where most people have a little bit of room to um, reduce expenses in their budget, maybe for a few months you do cancel um, and you only have one streaming service <laughs> instead of three. Um I know we all end up having quite a few subscriptions we don't use to their maximum capacity. So it might be alternating between different subscription services or cutting a few out, few things out of your budget for a few months while you try and save a little bit of extra money to kickstart your investment journey. Absolutely. I mean, $1,000 is quite a fair bit, so it might take you more than 30 days, but it it will help you achieve that goal. Um, Another thing that we may have brought up in the past is something called a financial detox, which is effectively where you don't buy anything for 30 days. Mm. And you might even couple that with selling some unwanted things around your house. So you might've got some Christmas presents or you might've got something for yourself uh, in the last few months that you think, you know what, maybe I don't need that. Maybe I can put that money to good use somewhere else. So um, Facebook marketplace, Gumtree, all of these places are free to, to sell your products. So uh, give that a shot. And we've, we, we said a thousand dollars here, but if you're making your first investment, you really only need about $500 to buy shares or ETFs. Um, you can also use other apps like um, micro investing apps, and, and maybe you can start with a little bit less. But when we say make your first investment, we're not talking necessarily about $5. I mean, it all counts, but uh, maybe aim a little bit higher and um, get, get, get yourself a broker and, and, and start maybe investing something that's meaningful to you. Yeah, absolutely. And e, we do end up with a lot of direct debits coming out of our cards and accounts. So it might be, I know some people have said they've actually gone into the app for whatever their debit card is before and say that they've lost the card and they need a new one just because it cancels all the direct debits because suddenly your card details have changed and they can't pull the money out. Mm. So suddenly they start emailing you asking for new payment details. And I guess it's a, it's 
I'm not sure how convenient it is to cancel it all, but it's a good way to refresh. And if you've got a lot of direct debits and you're not really sure what's going where, um, to sort of put a pause on the money coming out of your bank account and work out where you want want everything to go. Yep, absolutely. That's a great that's a great trick. Um, I'll just add one final one on here and say that uh, my brother-in-law and I are planning to start um, kind of like a, a, a little investment club of two, if you like, where we put $250 a month in each into an account and uh, we make an investment. And that investment might be in some shares, might be an ETF, or it could simply be going to an investment conference or buying books or doing something that, like you said, you can invest in yourself, not necessarily to make an investment in a financial product, quote unquote, but just something to, I guess, invest for the future, whether that's time or money. Okay, so the next one that we have um, is to maybe think about starting a side hustle or getting a pay rise. So I'll throw this one over to you, Kate, because I know uh, you're particularly uh, knowledgeable in the areas of side hustles and pay rises. So what would you tell people to do? Yeah, so I think they're quite two quite different focuses. So I often tell my friends just pick one because mm-hmm. it, getting a pay rise at work and doing something on the side are really different ways of thinking. So if this is the year that you want to get a pay rise at work, you need to start now and you need to work out what can I give, what can I prove to my my value to my firm and how am I going to start recording and documenting the, the things I've done, the changes I've made, the positive feedback I've had from clients, what ways can I upskill myself? Um, can you volunteer to go to an event? Can you get further training, go to a conference, whatever's related to your work? And you've got to document all this stuff because your manager is busy themselves. So they're not going to have time to remember every single thing you've done during the last year. So you, if you go with a full page of evidence, because they're going to often have to argue your case to the next level up to get that pay rise. So have a full um, document with all of the things you've done, um, the training you've done, how have you've added value to that firm. So you've actually got a case. Uh, so when you go to that pay rise, you're fully prepared. Um, and that might mean you put in a bit of extra work on the weekends studying and upskilling yourself, um, or you put in a bit of extra time at work and offer to Uh, take on some extra roles and responsibilities in order to increase your wage which when you're a young person uh, it can you might be on a really low salary to start with and it's not leaving you much room to save so increasing your um, wage at the very beginning of your career can often be much more powerful than just um, not Mm. going out for coffee and saving ten dollars extra a day like you've got much more room to um get more money to invest to start with if you increase your wage rather than just scrimp and save. Yeah, for sure. I'd add something from the other side of the table if you're an employer and you're looking at your employees thinking, you know, what's the value that I get from each of these employees? I think there's more scope to make a meaningful impact on um, a, a person who's on a lower wage than it is on a higher wage because obviously that's to, to say to someone that's earning $180,000, we'll give you a $10,000 pay increase. Yes, it's huge. It's meaningful. Absolutely. But for them, in, ter- in just terms of relative gains, it's not that high. But if you're on $40,000 and you get a $10,000 pay rise, that's that's massive, right? But the thing is, from the other side of the table, from the um, 
from the point of view of the employer, it's actually still just $10,000. And so um, you're right too. These things have a compounding effect because if you can get this pay rise as uh, a person new to the workforce now, you might also find that in a year from now, you can attract another pay increase on top of the already increased pay. So it's definitely it definitely has a compounding effect. Yeah. Um, so if you want to start a side hustle this year, work out whether you're going to create something yourself. Are you going to offer a product? Are you going to offer a service? Are you going to use one of the apps in the sharing economy to make some more money? Uh, anything like Airbnb, Uber, or you might decide to do some tutoring or dog walking or um, start an online course. Any of that can be a side hustle. So you've just got to make sure it doesn't interfere with your day job. Um, if you if it's in an area where um, maybe it's still a finance or consulting or something, make sure you've got the appropriate qualifications and insurances um, and make, make sure you set up the accounts earlier on so you don't um, have a pile of receipts when it comes to tax time because if you, you do need to declare all of this income as well. So I'd say have a look at the ATO website and the Money Smart website because they do provide quite a lot of information on starting a, a business, a small business, so you can get started there. Okay, Kate, now that we've got through that one, we've so far covered pay down, obviously, all of your nasty debts, anything that's above 10% in interest. Uh, super, get it sorted. So make one investment, which is pretty exciting, a side hustle or get a pay rise. What is the next one? Next thing you want to do this year is make sure any cash you've got is in a high interest savings account. So if you're choosing to leave money in cash, don't just leave it in a transaction account. Now, high interest at the moment is not very high in the scheme of things and what we've seen mm. in the past. Um, I think the highest I'm seeing at the moment is maybe 1.9%. I know a few of the banks offering honeymoon rates of 2%, but that's only not for too long. So um, have a look around, but uh, make sure you're not getting nothing, I guess. Yeah, that's true. And if you own a home or something like that, there is obviously uh, things like redraws um, uh, and offset accounts. So you can go away and Google them or we have explainers on the websites, but an offset account um, effectively after tax as well can attract a significantly higher interest rate than you uh, might get from just putting your money in a regular savings account. So if you're a homeowner, you probably know what I'm talking about. If you're a homeowner and you don't know what I'm talking about, there could be a massive opportunity there for you. So go away and um, Google that and just be aware that you don't typically have to pay for these things. You can negotiate with your bank. Um, So that's pretty much number four. It's just, you know, just make it simple. Get back to basics with your bank accounts. Don't pay fees for transaction Mm -hmm. accounts. Make sure you attract some decent level of savings. It's, you know, it's, I mean, sorry, not savings, interest. It's, it's very simple. You can use comparison websites to find decent bank accounts. Um, and the final one, which is one that I'm hopefully going to do myself <laughs> in 2020, is uh, go on a holiday without using a credit card, afterpay, or any debt to pay for it. And now that's probably in this consumer society we live in where you can afterpay just about anything. Um, that's probably a big thing for some people. Yeah, I'm, I was I've because I've been planning a, a trip for about a year and a half. Every single I w- website I go to regarding travel in Australia, if I want to book things, there's always some pay now, uh, buy what buy now pay later. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, service available, so it's very tempting. So you need to make sure that you you work out 
if you're going to go on a holiday and you should definitely go on a holiday, it doesn't have to be overseas. You could just go um, to regional Victoria and support some of the bushfire affected towns, but make sure you put the money aside for the trip and you don't want to put it on a credit card and be paying it off five years later where you can't even remember where you spent that money on. It's much more Mm. rewarding if you save up for the trip and then go. And maybe you can't save up everything you need. So you go on a smaller trip or you roll over the money to next year and go on the trip then when you can afford for it. Yeah, that's a good point, Kate. I will just add, if you haven't read any of the news lately, obviously there's been a lot of devastation around Australia in early 2020 and tourism is taking a big hit from it. So if you are in areas of Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, pretty much anywhere in the country right now, and there has been bushfires or something of that nature, you can get out and you can go to these towns because they want your business because they need to make money. Mm. And so, you know, you don't need to go to Europe. You could probably just do do a weekend away, maybe pick a weekend in the next six months that you're going to go away to one of these places, support the community, have a good day, have a good weekend and uh, do it without using debt. Now, I'm going to add in some things for those people who are still considering going overseas. Luxury Escapes is a great website that I used recently to go to Vietnam. Um, My wife and I were able to look up some great places and get some really good deals. And obviously, you have Flight Center and all of the the usual suspects when it comes to booking and and planning for a trip overseas. And they can be, you know, goldmines, some of them, particularly if you take advantage of these last-minute deals. Mm, Absolutely. And if you're... If you're okay with sharing the room with someone else, uh, I definitely recommend Hostel World. It's a fantastic app. It has pretty much every hostel in the world on it and you can often get um, 10% off and deals if you sign up to their mailing list. So if you are going away, it is sometimes a good idea to sign up for certain mailing lists. If you know what you want, you can get the deal when it comes across your inbox. Cool. I like it. I'm not going into a hostel anytime soon, but if I am, I'm going to download the app. Okay, Kate, so let's recap on the, I guess, the, the must-do financial activities for 2020. First one was debt, paying down debt. Yep. The second one was? Get your super sorted this year, no excuses. Yep. Third one was make one investment, anything, $1,000, $500, make it your goal. Next one? Start a side hustle or get a pay rise. Maybe you can do both, but I think it's easiest if you just focus on one at a time. Mm-hmm. And then we had just get some get some bank accounts with some decent interest, maybe an offset account if you're a mortgage holder, and no fees, please. Yeah, if you could just get rid of fees in as many areas of your finances as possible. There's always with your super, you're going to have to pay some sort of fee, but keep it down. Uh, don't pay fees for brokerage accounts, keep your brokerage costs down and definitely don't pay any fees for bank accounts. And did you call it a fee assassination before we started recording? Yeah, I didn't know if that was too much. (laughs) (laughs) I will go with it. It's a fee assassination. Um, I mean, we pay fees (laughs) and sometimes um, I'm quite happy with the service I receive for different fees I pay. But uh, there's a lot of areas where if you're not on top of your finances, you end up um, paying for it with fees that you don't need to pay. And you ring up the bank and they go, oh, yeah, we can move you to a different product or a better deal without the fees or a lower interest rate. So loyalty doesn't usually pay when it comes to finance, which is a sad thing, but 
it's definitely been shown over the last sort of five years in the Royal Commission that those who were loyal to their institution and just trusted them and never looked at their account, didn't call up to get a better rate or get an account with low fees, they were the ones that paid the price, unfortunately. So mm. always uh, compare, get a better deal and make sure you're on top of what fees you're paying. And if you are paying a fee, make sure you're happy and you know what you're getting for that fee. Yep. Great. Well said. And the final one, Kate, was go on a holiday without using a credit card, afterpay or debt. Yes. I think you might be doing that. Yes. So I've, uh, I'm uh, off in about two months for my backpacking trip in Europe, which I've been saving for, for about a year and a half. So very excited Congrats. about that. And I'm definitely using Hostel World. So I'll let you know how it goes when I get back. Mm. Yeah, you're an inspiration to us all going away without using debt. No, I think it's a great thing you're doing and you're doing it really well and you save more than you need to as we talked about in one of the recent episodes. Mm. I mean, some of the accommodations, just $19, $19. I saw one room, it was $9 for one for a bed in a, a dormitory. I mean, that was an 18-bed dormitory, so I'm not sure I quite want that many people in a room. <laughs> but, I mean, it is it can be cheap to travel. Yep, for sure. If you're talking $9, that's, um, yeah, it's pretty cost effective. Um, okay, Kate, well, this is a great episode for people just to sit down, listen to, and then go away. And, you know, maybe you've written down some of these things. We've got the five action points, debt, investments, super, side hustle or pay rise, bank accounts, and go on a holiday. They all sound pretty good to me. You could do each of them probably. You could plan for each of them in less than half an hour. So go out and do that. And uh, Kate, before we go, we want to make a mention of the upcoming event that we're holding in January. Yes. So if you're ready to kickstart your finances for 2020, we're running a meetup slash presentation event uh, at General Assembly in Melbourne. So it's in central CBD on the 29th of January at 6 p.m. So we'll put a link so you can book your free ticket in the show notes, but we'd love to see you there. Come up, say hello to Owen and myself and the other presenters ask questions and we'd love to meet you and hear about your financial goals for the year. Absolutely, we would. It's all about networking as well, right? You get an opportunity just to just to meet us in person um, and we'd, we'd love to meet you. So um, just please come along. If you're in Melbourne on the 29th of January, we'd love to see you there. Kate, thank you for joining me as always. No worries. And hopefully this episode gives people a few ideas for some financial goals to set for the year if they haven't set theirs already. Mm -hmm. And if you want a recap, people, you can head to howtomoney.online to find Kate. You can head uh, to ras.com.au and find me. And Kate, you're on socials? Uh, On Twitter and Instagram at howtomoneyaus. Fantastic. And I'm Owen Rask and Owen Rask AU on Instagram. I realize I made a mistake sending people to some American trucker. Oh, Don't go there. Very good at oh. Instagram there. <laughs> anyway, Kate, once again, thanks for joining me and I'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey? but not sure where to put your hard-earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit Get Started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest, and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice.
This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.